I gotta start this episode with two shout outs and I gotta make sure I get the name right for this first one. It's uh, JC, I'm gonna mispronounce the last name, Bugarin, Bogarin, I sorry. Yeah, he came up to me during the game, actually his whole crew, and they were just saying, what's up Aftershock, what's up? So I really appreciate all the support they wanted to shout out. I got you. And the next one has to go to my good friend Terry, part of the Fault Liners, part of Seismic Union. Super sweet lady. She invited me out to the pre-showing uh, earlier in the day, I think around 3.30 it started. Chris Leach was there, uh, Dangerfield was there, and they were just talking about uh, some things that some fans were wondering through fan questions. And that really got, gave me a lot of insight on Leech, and I've been giving him a lot of praise, but I really appreciate what he was saying. And some, that leads me to some of the news and some of the points he was saying. They're, they are looking for defenders, it's, <laughs> and they are looking for coaches. And now I gotta take everything he said with a bit of grain of salt, because it was very politician, very, I gotta be responsible with what I'm saying with my job. But what he was saying with the European players and the young players, he even said, it, look, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but what I want to say is we got to see what fits right, whether it's a young player, whether it's an older player, but we definitely need more depth in the defensive line. He can agree with that. And then something I think all, that all Earthquakes fans are really excited to hear is that he said they're really exploring the option currently and looking at willing to spend big on a player because someone brought up Cristiano Ronaldo and he's like, yes, I'd love to bring him, but that 10 million, whatever, plus fees, whatever. But he said he is willing to explore and they have actually looked at that multi-million dollar fee, especially with the DP spot open and Calvo and Chofis being gone, we have some more money. So again, a team that hasn't spent a lot and he said it as well, they're actually looking at it and genuinely considering it. As far as coaches, I kind of got the feel that Cavello is going to see out the rest of the season, but he won't be seeing next season. Uh, I don't think it's a personal thing. I think they are looking for coaches. Apparently, they've had a very, like, strict regimen on, I want this, I want this, I want this, and they've brought in multiple coaches, both international and within the league. And they've had some multiple, they've had multiple sit-downs with some other ones. I, I believe I could be getting some of these details wrong. The national anthem was kind of playing when they were talking about this part. And they have a few coaches they've been looking at multiple times, but I think it will be a next season thing, and that's part of the reason they haven't brought in Defender is because they want to really make sure it matches with the coach. And again, like we said, they want to make sure it's the right guy, not a quick fix, which I really appreciate And from what I can tell from Leach, he really does care about the club and wants to improve things. So I think we need to get off him a little bit. If you want to know about more game-specific highlights, so you can check out The Aftershock, whether it be Instagram at AftershockSJ, TikTok at AftershockSJ, the YouTube channel at Aftershocks San Jose. But now let's talk about the negatives. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was obviously a really tough way to lose. The players were pissed about it, I mean, as they should be. A lot of them say hey to us afterwards. I'd say a good chunk of them just immediately went to their cars and were mad and yeah, rightfully so at themselves. I think the early one, as I was saying it throughout all the first half, we were giving away sloppy passes in the back, whether it be just trying to play back or play, trying to play a good angle or just it give them the ball back and it invited some pressure. And that's really how they got their first goal. Jackson Newell gives the ball back to Paul Marie. He maybe wasn't ready for it. was a little bit of an awkward ball. Marie doesn't kind of step. And I believe it was Nothin, not Beeson. There, then Nothin doesn't step. Then JT kind of comes out, but then he realizes he shouldn't. And then it's just a great ball over to them. After we continue not to step. And then they're able to put that away. And it was just super simple. Just giving away sloppy passes, especially in the back is no bueno. We just 
and it led to the goal. So it's just waking up from that. And speaking of waking up, falling asleep again. On the second goal, we really fell asleep. Just no one pressing, kind of a half pass to Romady from Marie, and then kind of not. But I don't want to blame anyone in particular. I think the whole team really fell asleep in moments. It just obviously falls on the back line as they're the first or the main highlights, lowlights of every goal that's scored on us. So yeah, falling asleep and then not not conceding, especially when we have a lead. Again, I don't know how many times we have a lead and then we give it up or almost give it up like we did in the LA Galaxy game. And this is where, and I don't want this to become the scapegoat for everyone to start saying, but this is where I think some veteran leadership in the back line could really help of us just saying, breathe, calm down, let's get it going. And credit to JT, the man screaming the whole game, but I think you need someone actually in the back line organizing it. Because even in the game, I noticed that the back line doesn't really organize their line too often. I'll see them kind of yell, get up, but if you watch it, it's either Nothan, Beeson, uh, Tommy, Lopez, one of them, it's just, and again, it's not to harp on them, but one of them will be a little bit further back and the others will be up, Keep one keeping them on side. Maybe it's the game plan, maybe I'm not seeing it, but in my experience, it's you want to have the main center back holding the line and everyone else is either level or slightly above him. And it just looks like there's a bit of miscommunication. I think we're getting better. I think it's, and I know it's tough to say after we just concede two goals like that, but I'm seeing a lot of improvements and we'll get to that in the positives. But even back to the leadership point, whether it's someone saying calm down or saying, hey, we've had too much pressure, booted up the field, reorganize really quickly. I think that's something we really need, but I don't want that to be the scapegoat. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need this. And everyone says it. Then we get the guy. Oh, we should have done this. Oh, we should have done it. And it's just a constant cycle. I feel bad for leeches. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. But yeah, the defense needs to work on that. And then Hector Herrera. I horribly butchered that, I can already tell, but I, I, I want to give our midfield a bit of a a bit of a pass, but also it's a negative. You really saw the difference between Europe and the MLS today. I think there were so many times we tried little fancy little flicks or moves on them that have been working for us all season, and he just easily was able to put a foot up. It like, didn't even look like he was trying and was able to get just the ball and it started a counterattack and we saw it just really highlight today. The man went from one of the most organized team history in Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone to playing MLS team. So I think there's obviously going to be a bit of a drop off in talent there. So it's a lot easier for him and we just saw the difference today. And then my next negative and it's the biggest negative of all and I think this is the most important thing I'm going to say all day today is it's with the fans and I'm putting that in quote. I don't know what some of you are doing. Like, I, I don't understand what you're trying to get across or what you're trying to do. I'm frustrated too. I'm a season ticket holder. I go to every game I watch. I have a podcast on this, so I have to write notes. I have to do a lot of I work on it. Like, I, I'm dedicating a lot of time to this. I'm very frustrated too, don't get me wrong. But when the players are coming over the bridge at the beginning of the game, JT, Matt, and if you've talked to any of the guys, super lovely guys, before the game starts and you yell, Hey, JT, don't F it up for us today. Don't mess up. You really blew it for, like, what, what does that do? Well, first off, you're not watching the games. JT leads the league in saves, 1v1 saves, yes. Second game of the season, I'll put my hand up. He made a really bad mistake. I don't even remember what it is. I just remember, like, early in the season, he made a mistake. Everyone's gonna do that. So many times he's saved. LA Galaxy, unstoppable goals, the ones that got scored. Eight saves. Eight. Eight. I don't know how he's at fault for that. He also leads the league in goals faced. How was that his fault? How? Even if it was, let's let's pretend somehow, somehow it's his fault. How does that help? Yelling at him, saying, 
You suck. You do this. Be better. We're the fans. We're supposed to support. Yes, if we're frustrated or they're half-ass in it. Maybe we could show some disdain there. They're obviously trying. They're obviously frustrated, too. You can really tell that they're mad and they want to continue to get better and it just simply isn't. So I don't see how telling them they suck is getting any better. And this leads me to my next point, Cade Cal. I got a lot of comments and DMs and fan questions asking about him and some of the other things for this episode again. And I'm just not touching it because I think one thing, telling him he effing sucks and he's horrible and just constantly screaming every time he gets the ball, like, come on, don't mess up, don't, throughout the entire game. When he's 18 years old, I don't care how old he is, but let's just, the fact that he's 18 is even more disgusting, and some of you are grown adults. What does that do? I'm frustrated too. He's missing shots. He could have scored a lot. I'm frustrated about it too. The kid is 18. He made good, he did make good runs today. I saw Jabo talk to him at some points, and he immediately was applying what Jabo said to him. The kid just needs a bit of work. He has a lot of raw talent, and he has a lot he has to work on tactically, and this and that. What, He's 18 years old, he's playing for the national team, he's doing this, and yes, he could be doing a lot better, but he's, once again, 18, doing a lot of great things, and it's so promising, and maybe it's just a little out of form at the moment, and the reason I say out of form is because we've seen him be red hot, and we know he can do that, but again, I don't see what just screaming him and making him not confident in himself is doing for anyone, it's just hurting us, and that's not being a fan at that point. I'm frustrated too, I am frustrated, I'm not just trying to be cool because I talk to them and I want to be friends with them. I am frustrated too, and again, he could have some goals in these last games. No one's denying that. No one is denying that. But screaming at a kid, I don't understand what that's doing for anyone. He makes great runs when he's on the ball. There are times where in a 1v1 situation, there's not anyone touching him. He's a great young talent, I think he could be great. He talks of Europe as well. There's many talks of Europe. I think he still has a lot of steps to get there and to get to the national team. But once again, an 18-year-old child, young man, I know he's built humongous and we all think and he's been around forever so we see him as older but let's give him some slack we can be frustrated and say hey he should have scored should have done this whatever whatever saying he sucks and just yelling at him that does nothing anyways let's move on to the positives positive christian espinoza's back baby oh my goodness what a game from espinoza that was incredible saw him working back saw him working up saw him working everywhere Great on the ball, great delivery into the Tommy Thompson assist that wasn't credited, and that should have been a Tommy Thompson assist. We'll get to that later. Just really great on the ball, great decision making, was all over the place, really great 1v1, wasn't just running straight down the line, was running at angles, playing great balls, great shot, unfortunate enough to score that early one, I think 10, 12 minutes in uh, from Benji, uh, Benji Kikanovic's assist, or sorry, pass. But yeah, I think Espinosa really has been... Slowly improving the last four or five games. And today, I felt like the Espinosa of old was back, and I want to see it keep going. So that's great to have Espinosa back. Benji was phenomenal. Benji was phenomenal. Unlucky on the left-footed chance. The way he worked back on defense today was incredible. His presence was great. He was moving forward. Didn't see as much from him offensively, especially on the ball. But early on, actually, we even saw, like I said, 12 minutes in on the Espinosa assist. Gets the ball, wins it, runs down the line, runs direct, plays a great ball in. We were all talking about his left foot not being great. I believe it was a left-footed pass, even if it wasn't. It was a great pass into the box, low and hard. Barely short of Montero, finds Espinosa at the far post. Benji Kikanovic still deserves a starting spot in my eyes, and he's really solidifying it. I know we're looking at the scoreline, and we're really looking at 70 minutes on once we start conceding, but we had a lot of chances, especially early on, and yes, we didn't put it away, and yes, the J-Bo chance. Yes, it's all frustrating. Now that we lost the game, we're all looking at it like, oh god, we suck, we can't score, we were lucky. We're making chances. I think we all need to rewind, 
take a couple steps back. Remember, and I don't want to blame Almeida, but during those games, I don't even think we were shooting. Versus the Philadelphia Union early in the season, zero shots attempted. There have been games where, I remember, I don't remember which one exactly, but Grey Goose came on as a sub 70 minutes on, in and had our first shot on target. We weren't having shots. It's baby steps. We have a lot of promise at this club, and we were in some dark, dark places. And I know we've been there for years, and we keep rebuilding, we keep bringing in new people, whatever it is. But we are making steps, and we made big steps with that LA Galaxy game, and I think that gave us a lot of hope for the season. <laughs> and it's still there. We still have a chance, and this was a game we needed to win. But we are making improvements. We are having attack. We are having creative attack. It's not just, let's cross the ball in and pray. We're going through the middle a bit more. We're passing around. We're leading the lead. You're one of the lead leaders in possession. I don't even know how that's possible. But <laughs> we are passing around and we're moving and we're having multiple options and different variations of attack. So that is a positive for me. And I gotta give it to Paul Marie. Everyone was slewing him. Everyone was saying it was his fault on defense. The man was playing with an illness. And the reason, and a lot of people said it after the game and it was rumors heard and they didn't make a big deal about it. And the reason I believe it was an illness, Paul Marie always after the game, no matter how bad the loss or win, will say hi to everyone, laugh, sign autographs. My man had a mask on and left immediately. So I do think he was feeling a bit ill and he played and yes, he made some mistakes. He was he, maybe off the pace. Everyone did. I don't think need to blame him in particular. Maybe it just wasn't his best game. I want to give him credit though for sticking it in and having to play a full 90 and keep going. He had some great shots too that just didn't go in. And that was another thing with the shots that their goalkeeper couldn't catch. That he just could not catch. And we were rifling in shots from kind of far away. We kind of recognized it. I wish we abused it even more. But we recognized it and we were going for that. So well done to Paul Marie and well done to us for recognizing that. Alright, everyone's gonna say I'm just saying it because he's my favorite player. I thought Tommy Thompson had a great game. I understand. I'm not even going to talk about the defense today or defensively. I think everyone's just been so harsh on it. And I, I touched on it enough already. But offensively, I feel like he helps Christian Espinoza so much when Espinoza kind of... Because Espinoza with a head of steam, I, I'll take bets on probably the best or one of the best in the league at it. Really hard to stop. But when he has to stop and kind of think about it for a second, I think Tommy helps so much because Tommy operates in that small space. He'll draw in one or two defenders, most likely two, maybe even sometimes three, because he's so good with his feet. Opens up Espinosa to get ahead of steam again and then can run. I'm not saying Tommy was the whole reason Espinosa had a really good game today, but I think it really adds to the offense. And then I think it was a great assist. Obviously, he didn't mean for it to be assist. He meant for it to be a shot, but he got he's five. It says five seven. I think that's generous. Five seven, and he was able to get ahead on into the near post and able to head to the back post to Jackson. You who scored, again, a great goal. So I want to give Tommy a shout out. And he hasn't played in a long time, or at least consistently. He hasn't got a substitution appearance in a while. I know, actually, well, he played in the LA game. That's a lie, but consistently. And then he hasn't started since an Open Cup game. So to play a full 90 is rough. So well done, Tommy Thompson. The GOAT. Tanner Beeson, best game of the year. Best game of the year from Tanner Beeson. I don't care about the goal scored on us. That's not what I'm talking about. Leadership winning the ball. There was a shot they had from like 20 yards out. He dives. I'm surprised that wasn't on the highlight reel. That was so understated. He literally just puts his body on the line. He was a winning ball. This looked like the Tanner Beeson from an Alanise was here. And I think a part of it is he just needs to play some games. I think we've been seeing a steady increase in Tanner Beeson's ability over these last couple games. I think just like anyone else, you need to get acclimated to the speed, play a couple games. And I think we give Tanner Beeson the start the rest of the season. Now, if he starts being really bad, obviously put Agron in. 
don't just give him the start for starting sake, but I, he's earned it as far as I'm concerned. Just keep starting him, and I think he's gonna get more and more experience, become a better and better leader, be used to the speed of play more, and it's gonna be great for everyone. So Tanner Beeson had a phenomenal game, best defender out there, and one, arguably the man of the match for me. So Tanner Beeson, well done. Montero again, he's that dude. I've gone over it every game. I don't need to harp on it anymore. Defense amazing, offense amazing. The dude is incredible. The dude is really incredible. I don't know how Philadelphia let him go, and now I understand why the fans were so mad. He is so good, and I can't believe he's in a blue jersey, and I hope he's enjoying his time here. He, every time I talk to him after the match, he seems pretty happy. So I really want to keep Montero around and just keep playing him the ball. Keep playing him the ball. My last positive's got to go to Jack Skane. The dude is talented. The dude is talented and deserves more minutes. It was a shame not to see Grey Goose today because I feel like he earned some minutes as well. Jack Skane, he is physical. You can tell he's pretty strong. He's got a bit of muscle to him. When he goes 1v1 with people, you can see like they're actually like deflecting off him a bit. Fast too, running hard. Now maybe he's running a bit harder because it's limited minutes, so he's playing extra hard. But man, the, you can just tell offensively smart too. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to play him in attacking mid or play him more wing. I know he played there a little bit, but I do see him more as a center mid. Absolutely great and great positional awareness. He was open in the midfield and just like our other midfielders, we weren't playing him the ball because I think we're a little scared to play through the midfield, but was great churning, great movement, everything. Jack Skane, and again, it's Skane, not Skahan, Skane. Skane had a great game. It's great to see Jack getting more and more minutes. And I hope, honestly, I hope I see him Wednesday in the Celta Vigo game, but great to see from Skane. Now for the unsung moment of the match. For me, there were a lot, but this has to go to Benji Kikanovich for me. Just really tracking back, I don't remember what minute it was, but Paul Marie had just made a run up and we had no left back at the moment. And then they were starting to get a break. Benji is in their half, sprints back, passes the guy with the ball, the, like not like the guy with the ball here and then goes like this, like the guy with the ball was further on the other side so he couldn't run to him, but passes his line and goes all the way back to left back and starts covering their left back and stays there for a decent amount of time. And that wasn't the first time or the last time I saw that match but that one in particular was the biggest run. So Benji Kiganovic is my unsung moment of the match. And now for my unsung hero of the match, Tanner Beeson. What a phenomenal game. I know I talked about it just a, like a minute ago, but I can't understate it, or I can't overstate it enough. Man had a phenomenal game, really organized a lot of things, really was stepping, really was a presence, winning headers, doing this, that, the other. It just, Tanner Beeson really is starting to look like a solid, solid center back. And I want to give him more games because I feel like it's just going to make him grow. And I think he needs that consistency of playing and that confidence. And that's what makes him really, I don't want to say unstoppable. When Alan East was here, there were times where he looked unstoppable. Or I guess stoppable because he's a super stoppable because he's a defender. But you know what I mean. And I, I just... I, the defense has gained so much heat from Twitter, Instagram, all these other people, and I think it needs to go a defender, especially Tanner Beeson after a performance like that. Let's move on to fan questions, though. Bailey, and I'm sorry I'm going to mispronounce his last name, uh, Prochaska, yeah, I think, sorry, asked, what can the current team do to shore up the defense? Personally, I think Yudsen needs more minutes. I'm going to start with the Yudsen comment. Yudsen's been out a lot of the year with injuries, so there's that, and I think... Ramady offers us more offense, but I agree with Yudsen defensively. I think he shores up the defense more. He is more of that safety man, more of that anchor six, really delay it and honestly be a fill-in man. If someone steps up, he goes to right back, he'll go to center back, he'll step, and he steps directly onto them. And I think Ramady looks a little tired after these last couple games. So I can agree with that point. To shore up the defense, honestly, I think it's 
like I was saying with Tanner Beeson and some of the other guys earlier, I think some of them just need more time playing together and it sucks. We're going to lose a lot of games because of it. Maybe not directly because of that, but they need more time to gel. They need more under, more time to understand the entirety of the game and how to close out a game. And that's where I think a veteran can come in and teach them kind of how to close out the game. Maybe Again, and like, it doesn't even have to be a guy who's running a ton. It's just a guy who really can calm down everyone and teach them these things. So I think that would help a little bit, but I don't honestly have the answer to it. And I think just constantly saying we need a veteran or we need to throw in this guy or this guy needs to play is starting to become a cop out because we've seen different lineups, we've seen different players and the results aren't changing. Eli Sandolva Jr. ask, thoughts on Judas being linked as the new manager would bring a trophy to, as, would bringing a trophy to San Jose uh, remedy, the, or remedy the past, geez. Um, he's referring to Landon Donovan. And I talked to this, I've talked about this a few times. I don't want him as a head coach. I wouldn't mind to, I, I don't have any problems with him personally being in the program. I'd want him as an assistant coach with Wando just because I think that type of experience going into J-Bo, Benji, Cade, Nico, and the list goes on is, you can't buy that. And well, I guess literally you have to buy it, but you can't buy that off anywhere. There's only two guys that can give that, and those are the two guys. So to have that would be incredible. As a head coach, though, I'm not really too sold on it, but I'm open to it as of now. But again, I, I don't think so. And, and from what I can gain, and what I've gauged from the management so far and some of the higher-ups, I don't think they're too keen on it either. <laughs> it's a football life for me, ask, what is a dynamo? What's this not? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, technically a dynamo is, I believe, an engine part, but... I'm mad about the loss too. I'm mad about it too. Our final question comes from Michael B. Pastor asking, why can't we defend a lead? Tactics, lack of depth. Yeah, I mean, I think we've gone into it. Uh, I think it, uh, I don't know, maybe the tactics a bit. Uh, we could sub in someone, but as someone who's coached personally, you can have tactics and maybe just, you don't have the arsenal do it or the players just have a mental lapse like we kind of saw with the two goals here. I think mental lapse is a big part of it. I don't have the answers at this point anymore. I want to keep saying bring in a vet, but I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's it's frustrating, especially when this was such an important game to propel us up. And I, I don't want this to seem like the end-all be-all because, again, we still have a lot of games left. But I think a lot of Earthquakes fans started to have a lot of hope again. And now we're just kind of getting reminders of the last few seasons where it's like we get a little hope. Uh, and then we blow it. Then we win this game we shouldn't. Then we lose a game we should, and it's just ties. I think we just need to take it day by day and figure it out and keep trusting in the defense we have currently. And again, supporting them, everyone, supporting them, and just hoping they start to get more experience and start to figure it out. Because it has improved a bit throughout the game, but again, we are still making those silly mistakes. Uh, I hope that answered the question. <laughs>